You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. history as uh, um, where we've been going. A few years back, we started Dinner Church after God was kind of leading us to be bold and step into that. We went from finally breaking, you know, 40 to 50 people to finally hitting triple digits within two years, which is not about the numbers, it's about the people we were reaching. And we were reaching lots of people, especially those who were impoverished and very in need, which is what we have been trying to get into here at 12 Boy Greenwood for a very long time. Then COVID hit and we went from 90 something people the week before to like 14 people the next week. And ever since then, we've tried getting back in the loop of dinner church. That's why we meet late at night like this. And just every time we tried, things didn't really seem to catch. So this summer we paused and said, let's just listen to the Holy Spirit, figure out where he's leading and uh, kind of hear him out. And so during the summer, sometimes you guys have at your tables, trying to listen to the Holy Spirit, write down what you felt was on your heart, turn that in. We then kind of compared notes and all of that. And uh, we also uh, have seen God communicate in some other things. Some significant moments for me were uh, I had a dream one night where there were two slides, one very simple, boring one, and one that was curly and fun. And God kind of being clear, like, don't take the simple, boring church route you got to take something a little bit more enjoyable and walk down that uh another time there was a very clear uh vision somebody had clearer than just your standard vision where god said that he was giving us cherry blossoms at 12 way which is a sign of renewal so we spent a lot of time this summer too kind of repenting of our sins because we felt we needed to make space for new spiritual gifts to move into the next season another thing too with the reveal that was just put up uh Somebody had uh, a word that they really felt kind of proved by the Holy Spirit that uh, um, God was kind of likening reveal to that time in uh, Second Temple Judaism where they build the temple and then God's presence, Second Temple, sorry, First Temple Judaism, where God's presence really filled the temple and having a feeling that reveal would have something like that for us too. So... We're taking all these words, we're taking all your words, we kind of threw them all in a blender, kind of like John does with the entire Bible of Revelation, throws it in a blender, sees what comes out the other side, and tonight we're kind of giving you what we feel makes sense as a way of co-laboring with God. We're not coming before you saying, God put every one of these ideas in our head, but rather that we think, based on the way in which he's communicated, that this is a a good way to partner with him and hit all the kinds of things that were on our heart. So the first thing that will be a shift for us that will be both old and new, you can go to the next slide, is that service would be changing from this evening service that we've been having to 9 to 12 p.m. And that is put into three different blocks, which I'll explain here in a moment. But I know that's a shift. I remember when we made the switch to dinner church the first time, one of the uh, biggest feedbacks we were getting was like, how are we supposed to get used to going to church at night, (laughs) you know? And we all eventually found the way to get used to it. And uh, many people who were afraid of it even ended up saying like, yeah, it really feels like God 
or it really feels, I'm really glad we did this, even though I felt this wasn't the right thing to do. So, uh, sorry, let me rephrase that. Some people came up, they're like unsure about dinner church, but we made the switch and they felt God was so present within what we were doing then that they're like, I'm glad we did this, even though I was nervous about doing it at first. This switch feels a little different, uh, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., but that's a little bit more standard of a service. The difference is three hours, what's going on there? So we want to zoom in for those three hours to kind of give you a look. The first one is what we call the Lord's Breakfast. I'm going to preach more on these throughout uh, the next month or so. I'll preach on each one of these segments so that we understand the theology behind it. I apologize if that gets repetitive because I'm also about to explain a little bit right now. Everywhere Jesus went, he did ministry around tables. It equalizes the room. He had meals with his friends. He had meals with his enemies. He had meals with strangers. He would walk into rooms and be like, you, I'm eating at your house today. He would have meals where people would break into the room. He had meals where he would recline at the table. He had so many meals that gossip on the street was that Jesus was a drunkard and a glutton. You don't come up with those kind of rumors unless you eat and drink a lot. But Jesus got used to eating with people. That was how he did ministry. Uh, There's entire commentaries that talk about eating your way through the gospel of Luke. That's how much he ate. That much. That we titled books after it. We were trying to think of something that uh, when we launched Inner Church, we had about 40 people. When we launched this, we're going to have somewhere probably between 20 or 30 people and we often had the difficulty of how are we going to be able to provide for that? And it occurred to us after a little bit, well, if you go into some urban areas, you actually come across specialty places that are kind of like cereal bars. Like that's all they offer is just lots and lots of cereal. And we realized that would be a very easy way to do potluck is if all of us, we had this whole list of the different kinds of cereals that we provide. And then we had a whole bar, kind of like what you see up here, where people come in and can get all the different kinds of cereals. So um, Brian and Marie, who's also on our board, we've already been kind of talking over some plans to kind of transform this corner over here into something kind of fancy. Because uh, we know that cereal at its basics is not exactly the coolest thing, but cereal bars actually are pretty cool. So if we can provide that kind of thing, that'd be good. But here's the thing. Jesus didn't just eat with people. The early church also ate with people. And if you look at some of the things they got in trouble for, it's that they didn't always eat with people that well. The point of eating with one another was so that all dividing lines would fall, be it their uh, ethnic lines or racial lines or socioeconomic lines. They wanted all lines to kind of melt away so that all that was left was people eating with friends and enemies and strangers and people different from them around the dinner table. And when they did that badly, Bible writers like Paul actually would rebuke the church. Don't you understand what's going on? Peter, he should have known better. He should have ate at the table with the Gentiles, but then he saw some other people at another table and he felt kind of weird about it, so he got up and left. And so people throughout the Bible get rebuked when they don't eat with each other well because it's about unifying one another. It's also about communion. That's why we call it the Lord's Breakfast. The Lord's Supper, when we think of that, we think of bread and wine, right? In Bible times, when they had communion, bread and wine, they just implemented it right into the meal. So yeah, there would be cereal, but bread and wine will also be implemented 
into that every week, or in the Free Methodist case, the grape juice. Uh, but that will be implemented as well. So while you are naturally having a meal with people that you do not know, you are also partaking of communion and enjoying God's presence, our equality with one another in the kingdom of heaven, and the future wedding feast of Jesus that is to come. That's the first hour, 9 a.m. The second hour is our worship service. And this generally won't feel extravagantly different to you. If you've been at 12 for a while, you know the kinds of things that we care about. One of those things is worship. We believe that God's enthroned on our praises and that worship is not just a standard. I'm singing a few lyrics to get to the message. But that we're really pursuing the Holy Spirit and inviting him in and asking him to be found among us. And so we worship for a long time. And I realize the ways in which we worship are a little different sometimes. Sometimes. Um, but we'll probably be tweaking that a little bit more as time comes. We ended up with this kind of like hip-hoppy, jazzy kind of worship because we ran out of band members during COVID. Uh, but uh, we also find that a lot of times the standard kind of contemporary music we do is very white. In fact, I got in trouble at some events. People come up to me and be like, Jamin, you need to be a little more, you know, uh, across ethnic lines with the kind of worship you play. And I was like, the first song I did was C.C. Winans. It just ends up that C.C. Winans coming out of me still sounds like a white guy, you know? So we've been trying to figure out how can we play more with genres to kind of emphasize the fact that the church is uh, a beautiful bride across all different lines of all different kinds of people. And so this kind of gives us an end, but we know it's been a little weird and off. And so Casey and I are already kind of working on how can we take that, implement it into a band, and kind of play around with that a bit more to provide a wider kind of selection of music that comes from every tribe, language, and tongue. Uh, that's one side of the worship service. The other side, of course, is our messages, which... Uh, in, regardless of any kind of people that we reach at any educational level or anything like that, we, we often try to strive for two things with our teaching. One, is it deeply biblical? A lot of Bible messages are surface level, and they oftentimes miss the point of what the Bible was trying to get at, simply because the research and all that is not there to see what the Bible is really saying. So we find that important. But then two, uh, spirit-led. Uh, we know the Bible is God's word. You can't read it without the Holy Spirit. So we try to implement, yes, the Bible research, but also the Holy Spirit's uh, inspiration and kind of try to lead through that and help us understand it better. So that's the worship service, similar kind of what you're seeing today. And then thirdly, at 11, is kingdom ministry. So there's two needs that we especially provide for during this time. One is physical needs and one is spiritual needs. This will require some shifting within our building as well. The spiritual needs will happen up in this room, these rooms up here. Um, we've had our spare room meetings in these rooms lately where we just get together and worship and pray. And those rooms will be used for anybody who needs prayer for anything. So they might just be random things going on in their life. But we've seen miracles here at 1208 because we care about praying for miracles to happen. And so we want to leave space for that to continually happen. One of the things that's always bummed me out is I never have as much time as I want to pray for people during service. It's often like two or three songs in the back corner of the prayer teams available, but this gives us the final hour of service. If you need prayer, stick around, head to that room. Likewise, if you need deliverance, if you're dealing with something demonic, 
head to that room. We'll be happy to uh, work with you and figure things out from there. Uh, that goes a little bit deeper. Uh, this other room up here will likely be used for uh, more of the, the counseling and inner healing that goes into deliverance ministry to make sure that that's more effective and not just surface level trying to cast things out, but really deal with the things behind it. Uh, so that would be like the spiritual needs, but then there's also the physical needs. We know people need food. We've done food banks here and they've been highly attended throughout the years. Uh, not so much since COVID hit, but they have before. So we're trying to find ways to implement that. Um, also clothing, which is actually what we'll need help with. Robbie was able to, Robbie and Maria were able to grab a, um, a bunch of clothing from Spring Arbor's garage sale yesterday that was left over. So we're going to pull all that in so that we have some stuff to look through and see what's available. But just the general kind of physical needs that people need. I've already talked to some organizations throughout Jackson that have said, yeah, we would love during that time to just be present and say, here's how our organization can help you. So you might see like on our Facebook page on any given Sunday. Hey, this week, this uh, organization's here. They specialize in helping with refugees. Would you stop by church? And if you're dealing with these kinds of difficulties in your life, and they will chat with you. This week, we're dealing with drugs and recovery. If you'd like to stop by on this week, stop by, talk with the groups that are here. Just different kind of physical and spiritual needs and meet people in the middle. Because this is what Jesus calls us to. In fact, he says, if we don't take care of the least of these, he doesn't know who we are. And so as a church, we need to be doing that. As a church, we need to be healing and delivering people because that's kingdom ministry. That's watching the kingdom of heaven. Come on, people. So that is the three uh, different avenues that we bring to this new ministry. And for some of us right now, it feels like three hours. That feels like a lot. It's really not compared to what we've done in the past. Dinner church was two and a half hours plus dishes, which is three to four hours, right? So this actually is right in line with what we have already done. It embodies much of who we are as a community. It encapsulates all the different things we felt like the Holy Spirit telling us to make sure that these things are within what you're doing. It's that wild slide, if you will. And uh, these are the kind of things that we're looking into. So with that kind of being laid out before you, we still got some time for like questions or maybe even comments or feelings that you guys have. If, questions come in slowly or anything like that and yeah we welcome you guys to kind of speak into it just speak up so that we can hear you wherever you're at likewise input things that we might be missing or not thinking about this is kind of base level what it looks like we know there's a lot more organization that goes into making it happen While you all are thinking about questions, I would just add a little bit too. Um, you know, a couple of the things that came throughout the past month as well was um, this idea of serving our children better, not only internally but externally, and then um, just that the <clears throat> spare room night of you know Kayla wanting to sing in Spanish and also Jamin and then his um, dreams that he has had with um, the Hispanic population. So this shift allows us to have that direct overlap with uh, CAV, our sister church. Um, so that way they can, that hour in between services, there's that opportunity for them to, to come and serve alongside us. Uh, but then also in that hour, the hope is to have some 
sort of children's ministry as well, some sort of children's programming. Again, we don't know what that exactly looks like yet, but um, wanting to make sure that those two items are being met as well. And so that way the CAV, if there's children there, that can be a part of the children's programming and part of our church. But again, um, you know, if we're inviting people in a lot of, a lot of places, a direct uh, tie is trying to serve their children as well. And so we want to make sure that that's part of these Sunday mornings. Um, we're excited about what that can look like as, as we continue to um, move in that direction and then also just create more unity with CAV as well. Yeah, you are. So much of what we provide as physical needs is going to be whatever is donated in. Our budget is not extravagant. We still have the same tithe that we have before we go into this, hoping that God will kind of lead us in that more. But we do know organizations we can team up with, like CMJ. A lot of times they give us a lot of food, and then we have extras for like the next month anyways. So generally, if people want to bring things in to keep it stocked or... Um, or organizations that we can partner with around town more than CMJ. People, when they know that we have that there, they often send stuff. So. Yeah, we're in talks about what that will look like. On one hand, we've considered that window area right there. We might be able to do some reconstruction in there for a clothing area. We don't know if there's a possibility of our warehouse uh, being opened up to. Um, the warehouse could house the stuff, but if you've ever been in our warehouse, it is as hot and humid or as cold and freezing as it was one week beforehand. And we don't know how easy or enjoyable it would be to send people in there. So, But yeah. Other questions, thoughts, input, concerns, excitement? So we didn't talk at this board meeting about what the children's stuff would look like simply because we needed like the rough draft of what this was. We also need more people to volunteer in children's ministry, ministry to provide it. Um, and we have a few people who are interested. Uh, I think especially at the moment, people have voiced most interest in trying to figure this out. is Mark Edwards and Kayla Knapp. So if anybody else is like, I would like to contribute to that in some way, Please talk to us. We cannot have two people running children's ministry. It will require much more than that. Likewise, there will be lots of ways that we need volunteer work in this. And those sign-up lists will be coming out over the upcoming weeks so that you can say, this is something I'm interested in. I want to pray for people. Send me to that team. And then we'll take you through the training and get ready for stuff like that. Cereal is pretty inexpensive, but to make sure that there's other 
um, items that we don't have to worry about prepping. That's not like a issue with yogurt, bacon. serving, like cooking here again, but yeah, yogurt, um, fruits, those kind of things uh, will also be available during that time. So long as people volunteer to bring stuff in every yeah. once in a while. That we are a church, not a restaurant, which means to operate this stuff that operates in a potluck style, because that's what churches are able to do within food areas like that. So So we're not gonna have a cereal wall with We will have a cereal wall, but the cereal will be provided, you know, you go grocery shopping, just grab an extra box or two for twelve oh eight out of our approved cereal lists. The happy side of sugary cereals and the boring side of Cheerios. The wonderful um, side. <laughs> the boring side of Cheerios. Yeah. And then um, we'll have those provided. And very, very simple. The volunteer work in that is nothing more than one or two people pouring some milk. Uh, but we're already excited to try to build something nice like that. Nobody would. We. I don't know if you remember during dinner church, we did tables of cereal, and I looked super bleh. We're not, we're not looking to do that. We want to kind of do it a little bit. So. I have a question. You're on the board, Aisha. <laughs> <laughs> Aisha know. wasn't able to make it to our whole board meeting, so. Well, yeah. Can we donate, like, clothes and um, yeah. baby items? Because like, I still got stuff from when she was a mm. baby, so I got... Yeah, and the same thing goes for everyone. Anything that you feel is good that you'd like to donate, please remember when you clothe the naked and feed the hungry, who are you feeding and clothing? Thank you. It's Jesus. Do not give us clothes or food that you would not give to Jesus. That is not how we treat the least of these. So if you got good stuff, send it our way. We'll make sure that it gets in to the places where people are. Pat, you got anything? Pat's losing her voice a little bit, so get that mic right up in there. Uh, we also were talking about for the kids, and um, once we get this real going and get it situated, we're going to involve the kids more into our church, and you know, like, you know, they want to be a part of things, so we're going to be working at them. They don't have a list. We sign them up to, to like serve the cereal or, you know, just be involved with the church and that just, you know, trying to give them a little time to help them. And maybe they'll have their friends that want to come, you know, just join with things and, you know, and, and be involved in it. So we're going to try to work with that too. So we're going to use it and everything. So we're going out for that too for you. We're not going to forget about them this one. Because this is also their church. So that's involved in all these too. So any other concerns, excitements, questions, input, things we might have not thought about? I realize it's a lot to hear at one time, um, and oftentimes the first time you hear it, it's jarring. I remember back to when we did dinner church. Most of the room was like, we can't do this, this sounds like too much. And then one person, Marie Schott, who's not here tonight, she's on her board, she's like, guys, we gotta do this. <laughs> And then the whole room changed. We hopped into it and we really saw God show up. Um, we've tried to restart dinner church since COVID hit. And as quick as we got into a new culture shift, COVID changed the culture all over again. We think that uh, uh, God is going to uh, 
uh, do some great things regardless of how we do it and how we end up having to tweak this on the way. Uh, but we do feel that this is generally faithful to the kinds of things that he's put on our heart um, to continue to keep us focused on those kinds of things. So, any other final thoughts or anything? I'll just speak on behalf of um, Mark and Marie. Um, since they're not here, they didn't say anything today. No. Okay. Um, but through this process, and as we've been, um, I think I've shared this before, it's just been really neat how we have walked through the past couple months um, being thoughtful and what, um, and being open to the Holy Spirit's leading. I haven't had um, a church involve us in that kind of way before. And then, um, just trying to put legs over that, the practicality um, of what church could look like. And so I know um, we're all excited about the shift, even though it can bring um, challenges. And uh, I think most importantly, we're just excited to do this together. I know um, I always remind people that Kale and I are very aware of the fact that we are coming in late in the game um, and to see the roller coaster ride of dinner church we've only known since COVID, but we're just excited to be here. I know Marie's excited. Um, she's already texted me about bringing tools in and starting construction. So um, it's gonna be fun. But uh, yeah, I think uh, our hope and our heart is that we can continue to grow our core um, group of people as we continue to reach out to those in our community and um, yeah, I think we all kind of agree that this is the, the right direction to head for now. And we'll continue to take any thoughts and questions throughout the week. You can text me or the board or anyone in the week. We want to make sure that we don't have blind spots, that we hit everything. Like I said, in the following weeks, I think Mark preaches next week uh, to continue or to end our series on um, uh, replacement principles trying to take our bad habits and replace them with good habits. Uh, but after that, we'll then kind of preach through um, each one of these hours. So why biblically eating together is important. Why biblically worship service is important. Why biblically physical and spiritual needs are important. And why this all makes sense to us is totally. And then right at the end of that, we're pretty much ready to launch because this kicks off. Ready for it? September 11th, which uh, is a day that we all know for many other reasons, and is now a day in which we can redeem as goodness coming into the world. Um, it's a great space for people to come and find Jesus. And it may start a little slow, you know, to kick this off in one month. I imagine it's going to take a, a little bit to get stuff up and going, but um, I'm hoping too, by the time Reveal hits, as the Holy Spirit's continue to do more work on that day, I will continue to see growth come in after that. So I even told the board, I think of us launching the September 11th almost as like a, a hard, soft launch. And once Reveal comes, I hope that it's really amplified up uh, after that. So, But the Spirit is in charge, and we'll follow where he goes. Um, yeah, continue to be excited and figure out what God's up to and continue to pray and tell us. So we're going to close with a worship song. Um, 
about stepping out in faith, it's oceans, and that's a story, of course, of Peter stepping out of water, doing the impossible, doing things that he shouldn't be able to do because Jesus is in it, things that we otherwise wouldn't be able to do unless Jesus is in this. So let's continue to listen and pray and hear and shift and be flexible uh, to whatever he calls us for. I know it's already seven, but I feel like a song of faith is a, a good way to kind of get us going here. So would you stand with us?